0: for me, at least, and how it showed up for me, is that I wasn't enough, there was never enough, like there, I was trying to reach some elusive destination that was gonna never manifest. I'll
1: have, I'll have, what, have what she's had.
0: Welcome to another edition
1: of Confidence Podcast. Stories of Confidence by women, for women. This is the She Talks Confidence podcast. This is to Crane. I am your host. As usual, this week, another amazing, powerful woman guest sharing her personal story. And we have a lot in, a, in common in terms of how we see things. So I'm super excited to talk to her. It is Jessica Joins. Jessica, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me here.
1: I'm so glad you're on. And you're a fellow podcast host. You're a fellow coach. You are a fellow speaker, plus the fact that I'm going to tee you up, talk about where you come from, what your vibe is, and and then I'm going to let you run with your story because it's Sounds very good. powerful. Sounds so you're, you are big time into the ego and how that sucker messes people up, but especially with women, how you know, spiritual alignment, how important that is. You're about fear is not your truth. It is your most profound teacher, which I love that quote. Also aligning with your true power, your true self, and uh, how that nasty ego gets in the way. On your website, have a really powerful introduction. And you see, the first thing I'll tell you is that it hasn't been easy for me. I've spent a good portion of my life deeply rooted in pain and fear. And at times it felt like I was in a dark tunnel with no light at the end of it. But hindsight, always brilliant in its perspective, is it not, uh, has allowed me to see that a bigger purpose was at play, namely the suffering I was experiencing was vital to my spiritual journey. So I'm gonna just hand it over to you and take us through what happened and where that pain was at and what you could have discovered along the way and how you got to the point where now you are a mentor, you're teaching and you're coaching and you're speaking.
0: Yeah, One, I wanna thank you again for having me on and say hello to everyone in your audience. And I knew. You- you do incredible work. And as we were talking, there's just so much alignment. And I think the biggest gift and why I love this alignment is when you come to understand the spiritual journey that you're on. And that's such freedom. When you come to understand you're actually here to have an experience with this thing called the ego, it's what you're here to do. It's not your highest truth, but you're coming here having an experience with this thing. Like it's like a teaching device. And it's just pointing out and it's just showing you all the unhealed aspects in you. But when you don't have awareness, like that's the journey I'm on. That's what I'm here to do in earth school. When you're totally identified with that voice of fear in your mind, you're like, you don't, there's no separation. There's no witnessing. You don't even understand it. Then you're also in the other experience that we're here to do, which is to suffer. So when you're in total identity and alignment with the ego, then you're suffering, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's just, Mm -hmm. that's the truth. I'm limited. I'm a limited being. I'm only human. You have no awareness of the soul within and everything that ego is telling you and that thought that it's having, you're just following it. And then therefore you're creating limitation and lack in your own life. And you're not mm-hmm. viewing yourself accurately. What came and took me a long time to understand though, is that ego is like not the enemy. And when I teach it, treat it like that, I'm just emboldening it. I actually had to understand it's just a smaller part of me. And the more that I could understand it, understand the common themes and messages, like the more that I could transmute it. But look, in how my ego really showed up for me, and we all have our story, for me, it was addiction, really in alignment with that voice of fear in my mind on that front. But more importantly, and what it really feels the work that I do today is it, from early on invoked me into choosing what I'll call survival consciousness in mm. that life is happening to me and I'm just going to survive it. So when I made important decisions, like what I was going to study in college, like what I was going to do with my whole life, it wasn't from a place of the expansive soul within. So it wasn't about passion. It wasn't about what I love. It wasn't that abundance is my birthright. It was like, I figure, figure out something I'm good at, competition, survival. And do that to make this thing called money and just try to survive this life. So by the time I'm i 48 today, by the time I was 36, I was reaching burnout. I was on that hamster wheel. I felt trapped by my life. So now I'm in self-induced survival consciousness, huge, massive career in advertising, living in New York City. But I had created all this because I was so identified with that voice of fear.
1: In the context of women, when you listen to that voice and now it's being validated by levels of external success, like in the workplace or whatever the case may be, if that limited belief system is actually working for you on some level, it makes it even harder, don't you think? Versus if you were already not very successful, you're going to question your choices anyway. But now why would you question your choices if Things are actually coming to you, but you're still unfulfilled. And that's why you start thinking about questioning your choices, right?
0: From my conversations, it seems very similar in terms of the experience with it. But yeah, when you're identified with that voice of fear in your head, for me, at least, and how it showed up for me, is that I wasn't enough. There was never enough. Like there, I was trying to reach some elusive destination that was going to never manifest.
1: It wasn't a carrot on the stick. Basically, did you keep moving the carrot?
0: I don't even know if I was conscious enough to be thinking about a carrot. It was, it's more when you just have that unconscious programming mm-hmm. and you're just going and you're going up a lot. I don't even know if I was like really consciously. Oh, it's here. It's, it was just more innate unconscious programming of you just keep going and climbing. Like you just keep going for more.
1: Did you have some sort of goal or objective where you thought, okay, now I'm going to feel good. Now it's going to be fulfilling. And then when you reached it, it wasn't and you kept going or did you never set a point where you're like, okay, this is going to be where it's validated or I feel amazing or fulfilled.
0: I left a company every two years for 18 years. I was looking to find that thing I really wanted, which was a place. It's really loving what I do for work. And because of the industry I worked in, which is known to be quite toxic, I kept thinking it was the place and Mm. not that I wasn't doing what I love. It took me a while to figure that out. So for me, and it was from very early on, I just really wanted, I didn't want to try going to work. I I wanted to be happy going to work, but I didn't understand what was missing. And I think a part of me too, I had spent so much college, at least investment into this career. I really couldn't fathom that I had the wrong thing. So I kept blaming it on the place.
1: Plus you're like, wow, all this wasted time and wasted energy and and all this money into the education. And I can't, and then I don't want to do anything. That's a huge thing. I've had clients that have gone through med school and started and she turns around and goes, this is not for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because
1: they realized that the, the narrative about being a doctor was not their own.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think we all wake up to those stories in different examples of our life. And I think career is a really big one of them. Look, me, I just, I hadn't ever really asked myself, what do you want? What do you love? And what do you want to do with that? It wasn't even my realm of possibility that would be in a consideration. So I right. picked something I like and something yeah. I thought I could be good at. And it took me a long time to wake up out of that.
1: Was it a slow burn to wake up out of that? No. Or was it something where you... Oh, to wake an, up out of a, it? There was an, yeah. Where, was it a, an itch that was there the whole time? Or the was pain it an The pain was always
0: there. I just didn't know the way out. So the waking How- up out of it was a yeah. bit of a slow burn with some sudden aha awakening moments embedded. And then
1: what was the, finally, the straw that broke the back on that?
0: It was in my last role. I was now a global CMO of a massive company. And for the first time, and no offense to any companies I used to work for, but for the first time, I actually was working for an incredible company that would really took care of its people, it was like a family. It was, I was treated incredibly well. And it finally just goes, Oh, you don't love marketing. It, it's not like the problem of these places. Actually, it's the thing you're doing that you don't love. So I just, it took me a long time to get clarity on what it is. And then around the same time, I'd had a few spiritual experience that I just started waking up to the no- notion of purpose or soul purpose, S-O-U-L, was not even something that was in my vocabulary. And that's when things started to shift for me. And yeah, and that's when I decided I was going to make a change.
1: How did you find yourself in the spiritual alignment realm, in the soul purpose realm? And then, was that like a friend that said, "Hey, you should listen to"? No, i would always been a spiritual.
0: Or... I wasn't raised with any kind of religion or spirituality, but since my early twenties, I was always a spiritual seeker, just on my own accord. It's like I read A Power of Now in my twenties. Mm-hmm. I was given a course in Miracles on my thirtieth birthday. I went to Agape here in Los Angeles, arguably like the biggest New Age oh, church yeah. in the world for years. And so that had been seeping in for a long time. It just, and that's like really what my book is about because I was doing all the spiritual study, but I wasn't being able to practically connect it to like my real day life and how that would apply. And I just wasn't fine. It took me a while to find that intersection and okay, what does that mean? What do I actually do?
1: Isn't that amazing? That happens so often. And then clients come to you or your friends are coming to you and saying, I'm doing all this stuff and reading all these books. I'm going all these personal development stuff. But I it but it's not correlating. I don't know how to do that. It's almost like a like apples and oranges, right? You can't mesh them together. What was the secret sauce to finally integrating all of that into your having a kind of a come to Jesus moment saying, Oh, wait a minute, first of all, I'm not integrating all this stuff and then starting to do that because that's always the hardest part is the first step.
0: Yeah. I followed all the paths and tools that are available to us, whether it's like traditional career coaching, skills assessment, all the different kind of things to figure out what you should do career wise. But again, and again, it just started to be an own inner knowing that started to awaken within me in all honesty. And I just started to see that's survival consciousness that all these things are like, what are you good at competition? Like you got to compete to survive this world it wasn't anything anyone told me. It was really, I would say through meditation that I just started to have an inner knowing within come online for me and start to guide me. And I just started really hearing messages from my heart, from my guides that were really pulling me forward and, and showing me how to move forward and to do this. And it was really to take a lot of the spiritual, the ancient wisdom teachings I had been really embedded with and studying and to just start to experiment with practical ways to apply it to this situation, which is what I started creating in my book as a course book. It's really the lessons I created that I did to move out of what I was doing and into living my sole
1: purpose. Where did you get the confidence to finally take action on that stuff? Was that something that was I've always been a risk?
0: Yeah, I'll say I've definitely it's a I think it's part of my DNA and personality. I've always been an adventurer. I've always I've never been afraid to take risks. And so I did have that. And whenever I'm advising people, and you do too, I just say, look, you don't have to do it the way I did. Like I left the job.
1: Oh wow. So huge leap.
0: Oh yeah. I leapt into the unknown. I was like, I'm going to take it here and I'm going to figure this out. But that's what my heart was guiding me to do. That might not be like what you or anyone's listening's heart's guiding to do. So it's truly like, where is your heart guiding you? And for me, that's just where my heart was guiding me. It was, it was a leap into the unknown and just a, a real faith that if I did that, if I trusted my, if I, my title of the book, Dare to Believe, it's if I dared to believe in my heart, that like the path would unfold, the net would be there. Trust, right, and the net would be
1: there, right? Even without the net, then it shows up. Yeah, when somebody comes to you uh, as a coach in that context, and she says, "This is where I'm at. I get it, finally. I do. I can see the ego from thirty thousand feet. I know uh, my limiting beliefs. I'm aware of it. I need to make a step, but I am scared beyond belief." Well, typically, what is your direction to that?
0: I have a lot of women come to me that. fearful and again it's about what where is your heart and just starting to hear where their heart is guiding them knowing again like the more you step into listening to your soul purpose and listening heart the louder the ego gets that's what it does and when you can start to understand that witness and just again and what I always say is just take the actions that are alignment with your heart whatever they are for you not where your voice of fear is guiding you and if you're able to do that in whatever way is unique to you like you are in alignment with your soul purpose.
1: Have you ever come across clients that can't hear their intuition, that can't hear what their heart says? All the time. I
0: wouldn't say can, but aren't used to.
1: Aren't used to. And so how do you guide them to uh, hear it and to trust it and to use that as the basis to make that first initial move or that second?
0: A lot of times is getting w- really witnessing that voice of fear, that ego mm-hmm. and getting really clear on that. And it's almost like you can just start to get it clear and say like what it's not. And then you can start to hear the heart. But I do. I do a number of heart listening practices. Look, meditation, first and foremost, So that is something that builds over time. But I use the word resonance. So your heart, to me, speaks through the language of resonance, like what lights you up? What gives you joy? Just like those little sparks, those little nudges that are inexplainable. And then to just start like being like a little curious detective and like logging them, practice listening to them. A lot of times doing free writing as well, asking a question and just letting the putting on a timer, letting the pen be on the page and just letting whatever wants to come out and knowing there's a message there. So it depends on the individual. Some people are really visual. Like myself, some are a little more analytical, but I think a really good way is getting clear on what it's not,
1: which is a great way to do it from that perspective. It's it, it's interesting because you brought up two of the most powerful uh, tools that I know exist, and it's meditation and journaling or writing. It, it's incredible, and you have clients that come in, and you say do this and do this, and they're like, "I already knew that I could." Probably. I go, "Yeah, you should have been doing this." It's not like it's like there's any massive secret out there in terms of things that will be able to help you. It's about using those things to tap in and then to start to hear and listen and to be aware. And I love the fact that your perspective is to be aware of what it's not. and To be aware of the ego, to be aware of the negative or limiting belief narrative that's going on, which is the ego. I like when you said it. the ego is not like it's it's not like an enemy. It's more like a frenemy. And and to be honest, the ego is developed to really protect you from the initial get-go that's really the sole purpose of it so it's not like a bad thing but what happens is it keeps you in a limiting belief bubble and do you talk to your clients about the ego and so many people and i don't know if you have the same experience but so many of my women clients they really don't know what the ego is and so it's a matter of explaining and then they have a different definition for it and it's not the same and the fact that they don't know what it is or label it something else is another limiting belief that keeps them from expanding. Do you find that the same?
0: I tend to seem to attract people that are like ready to awaken to that, to Mm. the ego, or have just awakened, but are ready. The primary purpose of my teachings of the women's service community is helping women understand the spiritual journey or life journey, choose your word, that they are on, and that is to just have an experience with this thing called the ego. So, yes, but it takes time to really understand that and you first understand from a knowledge or understanding place and then you just start to come to know it from within in my experience
1: it's so funny how we align that's again yeah mine's knowing it owning it doing it analyzing it changing it that it's the same thing you have to have the knowledge first and then you can start to integrate that once you have the knowledge and what i have found throughout my years of doing this and i'm almost 20 years i think give or take doing this is the lack of knowledge the the assumed definition of what confidence is, the assumed definition of what the ego is, how these forces work. And that actually has taken them down the wrong path. And it's a matter of having the knowledge and then being able to integrate it. And it's simple, but it's not easy from what I've I've found. And that's the one thing you've got to commit to the journey. When a client comes into you and they are ready to go, what's your first discussion with them? What's the first Direction that you feel as though it would be necessary to create a solid foundation for change.
0: When it's one on one, I do really just tune into the energy of the individual and what's unique for them. Sometimes we'll go right into tuning into their heart. I do a lot of Reiki and meditation with my clients and just seeing what it is they really want as they best understand themselves today and just getting clear because what you want is your destiny. What you want is your sole purpose on and on. For some, if there's just deeper healing or blocks there we might really start with looking at choose the word limiting beliefs or other storylines that are really in the way that are inhibiting that dream from revealing itself in the book i start with visioning and then we go yeah. to block nice because i i think it's like you like michael beth with agape says it's like having that vision pull you and mm-hmm. you know and knowing that it's going to evolve and change as you best understand yourself today is a really powerful energy and motivator that also helps release those blocks that are mm. in the way of you knowing your true potential.
1: Yeah. And I went through the whole lifespring est thing uh, way, way back because I'm from LA too. Yeah. And the back in the day uh, there and the PSI. And it, it was called intention mechanism, which is the same thing yeah. where it's almost like a rubber band you put on your vision and it'll create that momentum to take you towards that. Yeah. A big fear of my clients comes from the fact that they're going to lose the support system because really? the support system is based upon the false narratives that they've been living their whole lives. And yeah. all of a sudden they expand out of that and they are a different person, according to the people around them. I don't know who you are anymore. Or this is, they're brainwashing you or this is scary or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's a huge fear. And you talk about fear a lot. How in that situation would you direct a client? To manifest excitement or manifest gratitude or like create their new tribe, or their new environment to navigate through that loss that does happen every single time when you expand out of where you're at.
0: Yeah. It's now you're mentioning that the reason I probably haven't heard that a lot is because the women's purpose they're doing it in a community of women that are doing the same thing.
1: Oh okay. the women's
0: purpose community that's my business is 50 women, right? When they're uh, but, all but in that- groups-
1: Right, but oh, it's a right. that's a huge support group that's supporting yeah. the expansion. why I'm never exactly, hearing it
0: as a problem.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, I, well, well, maybe, I didn't know which, this. <laughs> which, which proves the point that a supportive tribe, a supportive group reaching out to that community, a community where you have shared experiences, where all women are looking to the rising tide lifts all the boats type of a thing. That's the best case scenario for somebody going through a big change or yeah. want to go through a big expansion.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: With all that being said, I'd really appreciate it. Where can somebody get a hold of you for uh, your coaching? Where can they hear your podcast and or speak?
0: There's links to all of those things on my main website, which is my name, Jessica Joins, J O I N E S dot com, and there's links to everything there from the podcast and everything else in the community as well.
1: Great in your podcast. What do you typically? What do you cover in terms of your themes?
0: The, look, it's a live coaching podcast. So oh, okay. it's called Soul Purpose with Jessica Joins. It's on the Mind Body Spirit FM network, which are the old founders of Unity Radio from mm-hmm. Unity Church that okay. closed a little over a year ago, and one of the founders went and started. So it's a new network and just really growing. A lot of great content on there. That's why I'm mentioning them. But it's a live coaching show. So it's really if you want to come on and practice embodied vulnerability and talk about what's going on in your world and get some help on air. I'd love to hear from you.
1: Oh man, I love that. And I will yeah. put all that information in the show notes thank for you. both YouTube and for all the podcast platforms that I go on. So yeah. Jessica, thank you so much thank again. And, so much. and if you, and for me, everybody knows how to get a hold of me. It's tonydufray.com. And if you can't spell it, cause we, we talked about that for a show, right? You can't spell my name. It's uh, <laughs> go to theconfidencedoc.com because, yeah, yours is joins, join us, joins, but still, I, I feel your pain on that. Trust me.
0: I know. Right. And,
1: and anything else, you can get all to be a Tony at theconfidencedoc.com. As usual, I hope things are great, and I will see you next week.